Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Hey, kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. Traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Chits. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes, got her wings on too. You know, I've never seen a better stew. Hello, and welcome to. Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories from my recent trip to Roatan. So we have stories about pilots, lasagna, TED Talks, spoiled travelers, masks, jellyfish, snakes, mermaids, and lobster. The music for this show is just some sounds of Roatan. Let's get on with the show. So I was on a captain's last flight. He's going to retirement, and he's got his family on the flight. He wasn't on our flight on the way over, but he's on our flight now coming back. It's his very last flight. We wrote out a card for him. You know, everybody is very, you know, the airline industry is kind of like a family, so even if I, none of us had ever met this captain before, but he's retiring. It's exciting. So um, the purser made a PA on the ground. Say It just happened to be the day that they lifted the mask mandate. So uh, I really wasn't listening to the PA and I heard the passengers clapping and I thought they were clapping because, you know, they could take their mask off, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> but they were actually clapping because the purser was saying, you know, the captain's been flying for 35 years. This is his last flight. You know, um, so I'll give him a round of applause. And then right before landing, the purser, because it now has been nine hours, we're landing back in the United States. And uh, the purser reminded them, um, you know, this is the captain's last flight. This is his last landing. And if you see him on your way out, you know, wish him a happy retirement and congratulations. So now we go to land and bam, it was a terrible landing. I mean, we, we were all like, oh my gosh. Some of the, sorry, it's not funny. It shouldn't be funny. But it was funny because we made a big deal about his 35 years and his last fly and his last landing and bam. And some of the overhead bins came down and we had to get up out of our jump seats to close them. The passengers are all looking at us like, what? It's like, well, he went out with a bang. This came from listener Sebastian. He sent me a picture of the world's coolest McDonald's. So that piqued my interest, but I was like, what can be so cool about 
a McDonald's. Well, this McDonald's is in Topa, New Zealand. And get this, it's an old DC-3 airplane. A McDonald's in an old DC-3 airplane. That is the world's coolest McDonald's. <laughs> he said as a kid, he would nag his parents, can we eat in the plane? Can we eat in the plane? And now his dad is a retired pilot and he nags his wife saying, can we eat in the plane? Can we eat in the plane? All right, so it was back in the days when we would run meals on yes. the 757. Yes. And you'd have to make, what, there were 150 seats in the back, so you'd have to make, you don't only could really technically carry two at a time, so that's a good 70 trips with yeah, two people. And you try to balance that on the way out. Well, apparently, there was this brand new flight attendant. First, first flight and she doesn't know anything about anything right but she's gonna work the back cabin and um, and the reason why I know about this story is because this guy I used to work with worked in the office and he read the reports of unusual things that happen on the airplanes okay so he's reading the story and he's practically screaming crying and so she comes back in to get the meals and she finds this woman, she thinks from first class, had come into the middle, middle galley, and she was in the oven. And she's like, what are you doing? What do you mean she was in the oven? She opened the oven, <laughs> and she had taken one of the meals. I thought she meant she was physically in the oven. No, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like oh, what do you mean she no, was in the is, oven? She was really tiny. No, okay, so she comes she into opened the galley. The she opened the oven and took a meal out. And it happened to be a lasagna. And when she found this woman in the galley, she was rubbing it between her legs with her pants down. She was rubbing the lasagna between her legs? Yes, in her private area. Like as sexually okay, yes, lasagna? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> okay. So... So, <laughs> sorry, that's crazy. So, I mean, not only that, it's 350 degrees coming out of the oven, right? So, so she screams and she runs up to first class. And she's new. Yeah, she's first day on the job. And she goes up to the purser and she goes, Oh my God, there's a woman rubbing a lasagna between her legs. And the purser's like, what the heck? This can't be real. <laughs> she quit. Oh, she quit. She quit. It was too much for her. It was too much. <laughs> so when he's reading me the story, I'm like, this is impossible. This is not something you would do just on alcohol, right? You have to be on something else on top of alcohol. And it was the beginning of the flight. You know, so she could have only maybe had one drink at that point. So she was on something like that lasagna story really got me like you think you've heard everything. I've been asking people for stories for umpteen years and you think you've heard everything. But somebody it's putting a hot lasagna between your legs. I mean, <laughs> so I was discussing this with other flight attendants and we were saying it's our first day. She must have thought, oh, my God, you see something like this every day, which you don't. And uh, but, e but even 
after all that training, it just took one crazy lady rubbing lasagna between her legs and she's out. It's like all it took was one hot noodle. <laughs> Another flight attendant said, she should have said, ma'am, are you going to eat that lasagna? Because we only get one per passenger. And then somebody else was saying, and this is what was bothering me. It's like, what about the cleanup? Like, what? why would you want all that there? <laughs> and we were talking about the boyfriend. She was traveling with a boyfriend and somebody else said, well, he probably has a limp noodle. And then basically the other person said, ah, you know, it's all kind of cheesy. So on this trip to Roatan, one of the things I like is having all my stuff prepared and how having everything go well and having gotten all of my forms. I just like having all the ducks in a row, you know. So uh, I'm at the airport, the agent, and he I, he's like, do you have this? I'm like, here, do you have this? I did it online. Do you have this? He goes, man, you could do a TED Talk on traveling. And I was like, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> But then I always do something stupid, too. So then I'm on the flight to Roatan, and there's a kid sitting next to me. I don't know. It's 18, 19. It's kind of hard to tell. And um, never said hello, never said anything. But now they have two forms you have to fill out. And I can see him looking around. He's looking at his phone. He's looking at the forms. And I'm thinking, there's no way to use your phone to fill out that form. You need a pen. Of course, he doesn't have a pen. And that would be one of the main things in my TED Talks is when you're traveling, you need a pen. <laughs> but it was it was actually humorous to me. I could see his brain going. He's looking at the phone. He's looking at the paper. He's. I, I think he actually was thinking he could figure out a way to use his phone to fill out this form. So I'm only halfway done with... I've got one form, I still have another one. And he says, can I use your pen? And I said, well, I'm not done. And so then I did give him my pen. Of course, he doesn't say thank you. And uh, it's just, I did an episode before about traveling without a pen. And maybe, you know, it's a generational thing, but there's always stuff to fill out. And it's really an essential item. So uh, number one on my TED Talk, travel with a pen. Okay, so what happened? Um... I remember this British flat in it, yeah. and then uh, uh, she uh, she was talking to the captain, and she said to the captain, "Are you having me on?" <laughs> so the captain got too excited about it, but he didn't know it, and then he started like a you know like a trying to flirt back per se, and she goes, "No, are you having me on?" Means are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> In England. <laughs> I'm recording this in my room, so it might be a little echoey because there's high ceilings, but I thought it might be fun for you guys to hear the birds and fountain and everything in the background from Roatan, Honduras. So this is a story of how stupid I am. <laughs> I've been traveling for a long time, right? Um, I should know that lots of times your first day you're a little disappointed. I mean, I think it's because you spend a lot of time planning, you spend a lot of time researching, you spend a lot of time reading reviews, you spend a lot of time getting there, prepping to get there, and then 
your expectations are too high. And I should know this. I've been doing it for so long, right? But no, <laughs> I got here yesterday and just like a little spoiled travel brat, I was like, there's no refrigerator in the room. Mwah. There's no coffee maker in the room. Mwah. I can't find a store anywhere. That's <laughs> very noisy with loud music at the beach. Like just like a spoiled brat. And then, <laughs> uh, well, the food so far has been great. But uh, I was having dinner. Uh, sat and talked to a nice couple from South Dakota, and then. I heard people saying there was an eel, and there was an eel right in the water near my hotel where I was having dinner. And just like the, um, all it took was one hot noodle to get that flight attendant to quit. <laughs> all it took was one big green eel <laughs> sighting at dinner, and I was all of a sudden like, I love this place, I love this place. <laughs> I get up in the morning, and the birds are chirping, and there's coffee out on the balcony. So my that problem is solved. Uh, the water looks beautiful. I'm about to go snorkeling. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm not, I love this place. I love this place. <laughs> yeah, thank God learn. One funny thing coming in on the flight into Roatan, Honduras. I, you know, I work for the airline. Hello, you guys know that, but some of the COVID rules and protocols are silly. So <laughs> even I think they're silly. So flying in here, you know, the mask mandate is lifted on the airplane. Yay, woohoo! It's kind of like um, it's raining freedom. Hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're flying into Roatan, and the flight attendants have to make this PA before we were even boarding that 15 minutes prior to landing in Honduras, everybody has to have a mask on. <laughs> How random is that? I want to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon. You took an extra second, went to my website, bettyinthesky.com. It doesn't cost you anymore. It supports the show. Just click through any of the links. I like to see what people buy bought this past month somebody bought cinnamon sugar butter and I was thinking oh my mom used to make that for breakfast every once in a while was a treat she'd mix sugar butter and cinnamon on toast and I loved it somebody else bought um, four clean guard safety glasses and somebody else bought a waterproof backpack that's something I could use anyway if you're gonna buy something on Amazon, just consider going to my website, bettyinthesky.com. Click through any of the links, and I thank you so very much. In the last episode, I was talking about what a terrible name the capital of Roatan has. I mean, can you get much worse than Coxenhole? Okay, so you stayed in a town in Vietnam that's actually worse than Coxenhole? What is it called? Tam cock bitch dong. <laughs> Can you say it one more time? <laughs> Tam cock bitch dong. <laughs> so I had heard from some other tourists that if you got up really early and went snorkeling between six and eight, you'd probably see turtles and stingrays. So of course that was like that piqued my interest. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. But I don't have any coffee in my room, so I went to a little store and they had like a 
cold Starbucks Frappuccino. And I'm like, okay, that's the plan. I'll get up. I'll have my bottled coffee and then I'll head down the beach. It's like 20 minutes and I'll go snorkeling before breakfast, uh, which was great. But I'm snorkeling and it's interesting. The It's beautiful, the snorkeling. Uh, I, I did hear from people that the coral was prettier before, but it still looks great to me. Uh, maybe not quite as vibrant as it used to be, but it still looks in pretty good shape. And it's real pretty, but that it gets deep and then not deep and then deep and then not deep. And when it's shallow, you, you worry you're going to hit the coral and scrape yourself. So I'm always, when it starts getting too shallow, I'm always kind of like, okay, which way, how did I get in here? How do I get back out? And there was only one way out. I was like, so, but everything was high. So I had to go back out the way I came in. And in that little bit of time that I had gotten in the middle of this coral, all of a sudden there's a wall of jellyfish, a wall of jellyfish. And I'm way far out and it's, it's, it's early. There's nobody out there. And I was kind of like, huh, do I go through the wall of jellyfish? These were like white, clear little jellyfish, but still jellyfish. And I remembered when I was in Montego Bay, I had paid a guy like $20 to take me out to show me how to get out to where the reef was. And he had said, we came up upon the same kind of jellyfish. And he said, oh, they don't sting during the day. Well, where I'm from, jellyfish sting at any time. They don't have a clock when they sting. But this guy said, oh no, they're fine during the day. And so now I'm in Roatan, which is Honduras. And I'm thinking, I'm in the middle of the, all this coral. But the only way out is through a wall of jellyfish. And I'm like, huh. So the Jamaican jellyfish don't sting during the day. What about the Honduran jellyfish? And I thought, well, it's the same neck of the woods, right? <laughs> So I went through the wall of jellyfish and just crossing my fingers and I thought I'll deal with it later. I didn't feel anything. And sure enough, the Honduran jellyfish, I guess, don't sting during the day. So I made friends. I had dinner with different, mainly couples, you know. Um, a lot of times that's who's traveling is couples and uh, very nice people along the way. One was even an airline couple. And this was interesting because, you know, we're kind of coming out of the pandemic, right? Like COVID came up at dinner with this nice couple. And I said, oh, you know, it seems like everybody's getting it. I think Kamala Harris just had it. Even Howie Mandel has it. You know, he's like a germaphobe. He's always work, doesn't want to um, shake hands. He's always wearing gloves. And this couple who I've been really getting along with goes, well, he deserves it. And I was thinking, I don't like Howie Mandel. Like, he's not political. Like, what? What did, what did Howie Mandel ever do to anybody? I thought that was weird. Oh, and then on the COVID thing, I asked the girl at the front desk when I was, because I got my COVID test. Every time I get the COVID test, I, I, I just uh, cross my fingers and toes and think, please, please, please don't be positive. Please, please, please don't be positive. Please, please, please don't be positive. Because you know, you're going to have to stay. So I asked her, she brought my negative test and it's like, yahoo. And I said, oh, have you had people be positive? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, so they have to stay? She's like, yeah. And I said, do they have to stay in their room? She's like, yeah. And I was thinking, oh, thank goodness I'm negative. And then on the way home, there was a girl behind me that two people in her dive group, she was with a group of divers, had to stay. 
they're going to have to stay an extra seven days. Not only is that pri- it's pricey, man. That's pricey. It's a that's a pricey vacation <laughs> to stay in your room. So it's going to be a very interesting summer, partially because we are understaffed. Um, understandably, nobody knew how long the pandemic was going to last. Nobody was flying. The planes were empty. The airports were empty. So the airlines encouraged people to retire so they could have less people on the payroll. They were just trying to stave off all the negative millions and billions of dollars in cash loss. They got rid of people. But now who would have known that it was only going to be two years? And apparently the bookings are higher for this summer than in the past 12 summer summers because basically there's pent-up demand everybody has been stuck at home everybody wants to go somewhere and we're short-staffed so I'm telling myself that I'm just going to put my little patience hat on this summer I'm going starting now the summer starts now (laughs) I'm recording this is April but the summer has started now it's early because I don't know where I'm going to be going because We are so short-staffed, and we also have, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but there's a certain new generation that calls in sick on the weekends. So on the weekends especially, we can have to cancel flights. Now, that's not good for anyone. That's not good for the airline, the flight attendants, the pilots, especially the passengers. So what the airline will do sometimes is they rob Peter to pay Paul. Because on international flights, we have a bunch of service and they just put more service on. And so we go out. There's a FAA minimum staffing. So if we don't have that amount of people, the flight doesn't go. So if we have a bunch of domestic flights who are going to get canceled because they don't have enough people, but we have extra people because we have service meal services and everything on their international flights, they will pull people from the international flights and quote unquote draft them to do another flight. So I was going to Dublin, all ready to go to Dublin, haven't been in a long time, all excited, get to the airport and wah, 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 I'm drafted to go to Des Moines. It's like, okay, Dublin, Des Moines, Ireland, Iowa. So, I mean, it was actually all right. Um, I was doing a lean over. That's what we call it. Other other airlines, I've heard it called a stand-up. It's like when you fly, you're doing the last flight of the night and the first flight of the morning, and there's not enough time for an actual layover. So you have what we call a lean over. You have to like hurry up and sleep. So it can be four hours, five hours at a hotel. If you're lucky, six hours, but really you got to get to and from the hotel. You got to, so you get maybe like three hours sleep. Uh, So it was fine. I got back early. I wasn't that upset, but the flight I was supposed to be on, they took four of us. Four. So that's one of the things I'm worried about for this summer is that we were, were, that flight went out four flight attendants short. So (laughs) you're going to be on your flight with your headset thinking, well, why don't we get in a beverage? This taking, what, where, you know, why is this taking so long? It's because there aren't any flights and I'm afraid it's going to be like that all summer. So while I'm putting my patient's hat on, I think the passengers are going to have to put their patient's hats on too. So something happened on your flight? Well, about 20 years ago on a Frankfurt flight. And it's one of those middle of the night, you know, flights. Obviously, it was dark and everything. And there's, um, I don't remember the details, but all I know is this um, little old German lady 
who didn't speak English was saying, I'm going for the exit. We think she was drunk or on, or possibly on um, some medication, and she was going for the exit, for the window exit. And uh, basically, I said, no, ma'am, you can't do that. And she kicked me. She kicked you? Kicked me in the shin. Oh, my God. But it was so, she's so feeble lady that it didn't really hurt. <laughs> and I had to put it, so I kind of didn't want to, anyways, and then, but then the purser, um, who's German speaker he a German uh, speaker he um, was also the purser and he was kind of showed up out of nowhere and kind of kind of saved me from this from this 90 pound German woman being in a fight with her <laughs> to be what's that you were in a fight with her I was in a fight with her yes he came and spoke some sense to her I've been having a deer problem. That's right. I have a problem with deer. <laughs> they just been eating. I like to garden, and uh, they just been eating everything. Uh, my roses, uh, plants like uh, that they're not supposed to like, like flowers like lantana. Uh, I had bought a cute little crepe myrtle tree bush. They, I had just planted it and they ate everything off of it. I even had roses that I had bought that I had not planted yet. So I was going to plant the next day. I wake up and it's a stub. Wah, wah, wah. You know, I like deer though. So I get on the internet, look, you know, what to do. And there's some deer spray that's supposed to be harmless for plants and animals. It just stinks. So, all right. Smells like rotten eggs and so far it's working but we get a lot of rain here so I've been spraying it like every two weeks go out there with a little spray bottle this way the plants are, are growing the roses are growing back and I'm like yay uh, I've heard from other people they think it doesn't work that for that long but right now it's working so yay so I go out with my spray that stinks like rotten eggs and I'm spraying and I I hadn't seen the snake I wouldn't have sprayed the snake if I had seen the snake. <laughs> I'd already sprayed. And then it comes into focus. Oh, 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 it's a snake. And he literally went, <laughs> stuck his tongue out. And I don't know if he did a, <laughs> it's what it looked like to me. <laughs> In snake body language, it was like, Bleh! like, how dare you? <laughs> And I had to go get a picture of the snake. And then my neighbor was like, I think that was a copperhead. And I'm like, well, it, it was a long snake. It was like, it was coiled on itself. But I'd say uh, three feet long, but small. Looked like a baby snake to me. So I thought he was pretty. And I didn't really know that snakes could convey such emotion. Especially when they're sprayed with a smelly thing. <laughs> my snake going... <laughs> reminded me of another story from way back. I don't know if you guys remember it, but we get smelly, smelly lavatories. You know, people do things in there. It's a small space. Uh, it can get rank. So fight it. And sometimes we'll have like a little spray bottle, like a peppermint or, you know, it's, it's they're going above and beyond carrying around something for the lavatory. And then there are on some flights where we will actually have a lavatory lavatory a lavatory spray but lots of times it's not there so this one flight attendant she carried around the giant air freshener can the aerosol can which really would take up a lot of space in your bag but she was always ready for that smelly lavatory <laughs> so somebody said oh my god that lavatory just smells horrible it's terrible you don't even want to go in there and she goes oh no i got it so she didn't she didn't open the door all the way opened it a crack went shh with the big aerosol 
air freshener spray, and then they all heard someone go, <coughs> there was somebody in there who had locked the door. Okay, I don't know if you guys are going to even have any interest in this story, but uh, it's a, like a explanation and also with a, like a funny ending. So, um, trash space on the airplane is, well, all space on the airplane is precious, as you well know. There's no space for anything, so trash is a giant problem for us. And now I understand you guys, why would you ever even think about airplane trash? It has, it makes no difference to you. You just want it away from you. You don't care where it goes. Of course you shouldn't. You don't need to. But it's for us, it's a giant thing. So you will see on international flights, we serve meals and drinks and numerous meals and snacks. Um, but we have like on a plane with 300 people for the entire coach cabin, we have like three trash carts. Uh, sometimes we have these carts that we make up ourselves that have like a bin with a box with a bag and that thing I can get like, even with I smash everything down and I smash everything down, I can't even get halfway through the cabin. So we have to stack all the glasses. And then this is a thing that the passengers don't understand. And I understand that you guys don't understand it. You don't, you don't need to because you're on domestic flights and they might take a trash bag and you could just throw your glass in there. But international flights, our trash is precious. <laughs> we don't have any place to put it. So we have to stack all the glasses in the one hand. And so when you go to get it, I go to grab it from you put the liquid and ice or whatever is in it, usually have your napkin in there, dump it in the bag and then put it in my hand. And people think I'm recycling, but we're not recycling because on international flights, at least up until this point in time, they might change. They burn everything because they're worried about germs and disease. So I had to stack the glasses because you can understand if I didn't and you guys just keep throwing all your, your plastic glasses in my trash bag. First of all, I'd only get about four rows with just a trash bag, just when it's just drinks because... The glasses aren't stacked. And then where am I putting this giant bag of trash that like to do the whole plane? Then I'm going to have 10 bags of trash. Well, that, that would take up like a third of all the trash space we have on the plane because trash is precious. And uh, this is the funny part of the story. The guy on my last trip, I was impressed, but I don't, I don't want to do it. He goes to such extremes that he takes the bin out. So there's a bin inside the trash cart and there's a trash bag uh, lining it. So he takes the bin out, he takes the plastic and he puts it over the trash. Then he gets in, he gets in the, the trash cart. Basically he's taken the, the liner out the, so basically he's getting in, he's using his body as a trash compactor. And actually it was very effective, but I don't really want to get in the trash bin, but that's how precious the trash space is. He, he's, he's getting inside the trash cart to be a human trash compactor. Okay, you have a story. This Was this when you were new? First flight. Oh my gosh. First flight ever with Pan Am. Oh, I didn't realize you were Pan Am. Uh, yes. And, um, so we had five days settling time. They cut that short because it was 4th of July weekend. We bunch of new, new, new people, new hires. We went to Shannon, JFK Shannon. Okay. The flight was five and a half hours. We never got to serve breakfast. It took us all night to serve dinner <laughs> in coach. <laughs> they had lower deck galleys. It was seven forty-seven. And none of you knew what you were doing. We didn't know what we were doing. It was just it took forever and short flight, five and a half hours. 
So they, the breakfast just stayed in the carts? Stayed in the carts. Did the passengers know they were supposed to get breakfast? I don't remember. I <laughs> Probably yes, probably no. In the last episode, I was talking about things back in the day and how strange it seems now. Well, one of the things that everybody will agree that it was strange that we had a smoking section on the airplane. But this is something you've probably never thought about. And now when I look back at it, I've been bringing it up to people and they're like, yeah, that is weird, isn't it? Well, the no smoking section changed depending on how many smokers we had. So you must have had to tell someone when you made the reservation, because it wouldn't have been online at that point, that you were a smoker. So they would tell us, the flight attendants, where to put the little Velcro... <laughs> Sorry, it's so silly, so strange. Now you think about it. It was a a Velcro sign that went on the top of the seat back. So we would move it a few rows up, a few rows back, depending on how many smokers we had. Now here's another crazy thing. I mean, it's crazy. So you could be in the no smoking section, but the smoking section started one row behind you. So (laughs) you tell me if you're in the no smoking section or not. So one day in Roatan, I had a great adventure. Uh, somebody had said, oh, I had been always walking to the beach the one way, because this were, I mean, the water in Roatan, my goodness, it's kind of like Bora Bora water, you know, Tahiti water, and you don't have to fly halfway around the world. It's right there a couple hours from the States. Anyway, uh, uh, this guy goes, oh, yeah, I like to go the other way. And I was like, oh, I haven't. It didn't look like there was another way, but I didn't realize you had to go through one hotel to get uh, to the beach on the other side. So I thought, great, I'll go the other way. And then there was this big bridge, like pedestrian bridge. It was kind of rickety and windy, and that was kind of fun. (laughs) I got to the other side, and then there was like a just a path on the beach with nobody there. And I would go out snorkeling, and because there were no snorkelers out there, the the colors of the coral were just out of this world. And uh, then I'm snorkeling, and I start hearing stuff, and I I poke my head up, and I'm at a hotel, and I guess they were having some party for lunch, and they had a steel drum band, and they had a guy on horseback on the beach with a baby horse, and I was like, best day ever! (laughs) And so then I kept meeting. Luckily, it was very friendly. My hotel's kind of an old mansion, and they had breakfast. It was included, and it was just for two hours. So everybody was out on the dock over the water for breakfast. So then you'd be like, what are you doing? Or then I'd see them out for dinner. Basically, I had dinner with people almost every night. But the next morning, uh, somebody was saying, oh, what'd you do? And I'm like, I went that way. It was great. And he was like, how was the snorkeling? I'm like, well, the snorkeling between the mermaid and the sunken dock is really good. And then he's laughing and goes, so your directions are between the mermaid and the sunken dock. And I'm like, yeah, that's the best directions ever. So Roatan is great. I mean, really it's great. The water is so blue. The snorkeling is out of this world. There's turtles and um, stingrays. It's just starfish. It's just fun. And uh, the beach is so pretty. People there just swim at night. Like you could be like eight or nine o'clock at night and there's a bunch of people just hanging out chatting in the water because the water is that warm you can be in at night and there's so many restaurants overlooking the beach i mean i had 
the restaurants are good. I had more lobster in one week than I've had in my whole life. <laughs> All put together. Because like one night at Beecher's, I stayed in the West Bay. Uh, when I was there many years ago, I still lived in L.A., last time I was in Roatan. And the first time I was there, it was probably 20 years ago. And the first time I was there, I think there were like four hotels in West Bay and very few places to eat. So everybody stayed in the West End, which is also fun because it's funky and everything. But the water's better over in West Bay. But now West Bay has been so much, there's been so much building that there's a ton of places to stay, a ton of places to eat. There's <laughs> super not ridiculous say fun that they got these guys in kayaks that that it's a bar where they make coconuts and pineapples with rum in them from a kayak and then other people have wheelbarrow bars um that's all fun but anyway that one night at beachers there was a special i saw out i was always walking down the beach and uh said lobster special three lobster tails for 18 dollars with mashed potatoes and salad three lobster tails three lobster tails with mashed potatoes and salad for 18 dollars <laughs> it's crazy uh and then another place las rocas that was really good uh for lunch you could get a lobster burrito when i ordered a lobster burrito i assumed it'd be one burrito but no it's two burritos i have a refrigerator in my room so i couldn't lots of times i can't eat as much but you can take it for leftovers but i can't i can't if you don't have a refrigerator, you can't take the one burrito home. <laughs> it's too hot. Anyway, uh, so I had to eat the whole thing. I think I'm still full. <laughs> that was two lobster burritos for $13 for lunch. I mean, the lobster in the lobster burrito, like if you were somewhere else, if it said, say when they say it's lobster bisque, there's like little teeny bits, like the teeniest bits of lobster. <laughs> Like, there's almost no lobster in the lobster bisque. But in these lobster burritos on Roatan, the chunks of lobster were like golf balls. Golf ball chunks of lobster. Fantastic. So at my Roatan hotel, it's kind of like an old house. And where my room was positioned was I had to go by the front desk. And I kind of felt like the two front desk girls were like, she's in and out of here, in and out, in and out. Because every like three hours, I put sunscreen back on because anyway, I'm very pale. And if I try to do it out on the road, I always miss a spot and I end up getting burnt. Anyway, I just try not to get, anyway, I come in and out of the hotel a lot. So I was thinking they were probably tired of me. And yet when I left, the one girl was like, you are our best guest ever. And I was like, well, okay, guess I read that wrong. But anyway, uh, I had come out uh, getting towards when I was leaving and I wanted to ask about a taxi back to the airport. So I said, hey, I have a question for you. And the front desk girl goes, well, I have a question for you too. And I was like, Okay. Uh, and she said, um, first I get the taxi settled and she goes, um, what's that thing called that you use to pull out eyebrows? I was like, well, this wasn't the question I was expecting. I said, tweezers? And she said, yes. Do you have tweezers? And I was like, yes. And she goes, can I borrow them for a little bit? And I'm thinking, okay. 
<laughs> and the reason why I'm so skeptical is, you know, it's like a personal item. And I like these little tweezers. They're, they're little, perfect for traveling, everything for me. I don't want to take a bag. Everything's a small size. I don't remember where I got it. I, they, they work well. So I was hesitant because a long time ago, I don't know if I, I probably told this story on the podcast, but it's been so long. It's so long ago. It was on a 727. A passenger asked me if I had tweezers. And I was like, yes. What do you, she wanted to use my tweezers. I'm like, what do you want to use them for? And a passenger said, I fell outside and I need to pull a thorn out of my bum. And I was thinking, you want to use my tweezers to pull something out of your ass? Ah!" So I, at that time, (laughs) had thought, you would think I would have learned my lesson if somebody says, do you have tweezers? You say, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't need tweezers for anything. (laughs) Anyway. I didn't know what she wanted the tweezers for. The girl at the front desk, I thought she wants to pluck her eyebrows at the front desk. Okay, huh? And uh, then she said, oh, a key broke in the lock and we're trying to get it out. And I was thinking, oh, all right, but guess what? Never got those tweezers back. I'm going to add this to my travel TED talk. So make sure you have a pen and don't give out your tweezers. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. Hey, kids, when you fly together, she'll tell you where she's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not come along? Seatbelts are fastened for takeoff and the signal is strong. Queen. She's wearing high heels, she 